welcome to episode eight of Breathing Room. I'm your host, Rob Lavati, and really excited to be joined today by Spaceman Jones and the Motherships, or Motherhood. We'll talk today on uh, the many different names, but um, Davion Bristol and um, Cliff, Brian Warsham, thanks for joining me today, guys. We're coming from you, uh, coming to you from the Asheville Play Studios in Asheville, North Carolina. Production being run tonight by Matt Dunn of AV Live. Thanks, Matt. Rock and roll. Matt's been doing such a great job um, helping us put this show on. This is our eighth episode. Um, episodes one through four are currently available on Spotify and iTunes, and you can check out one through six on YouTube. Um, on iTunes and Spotify, that's just going to be Breathing Room. And on YouTube, you can find our channel by looking up Breathing Room as well. Um, so today, Spaceman Jones and the Motherships, local Asheville hip-hop group. Um, Spaceman's been around for a long time. I've, I've seen you out a couple times in Asheville here and really excited to get to talk to you today and awesome. get a little bit more of your perspective. And Brian, I've known you longer, actually. I've, I met you back in 2005. At a show in New Jersey, yeah, um, when you were playing with Secret Lives at the Freemasons, yep, um, I met you up there at the Galaxy Cafe, and it was. Uh, we'll talk more about that later on, but super stoked for you guys to join me today. Thanks, thanks for coming out. Um, I'll give you guys an opportunity to give a quick overview of yourself and maybe what you're working on right now. Feel free to promote anything that you have coming up, um, any shows, any projects that you're working on. But first. Um, something we've been doing on each one of the shows here. Um, I'm a pretty big proponent of meditation and I've been trying to do it in my own life. So it's a little cheesy maybe, but we're going to take 10 seconds here real quick. You can close your eyes if you want. Just going to take 10 seconds of silence, get settled in the studio and just get ready to kick off here. All right, let's go Let's do it. All right. Rock and roll. That always feels good. I like that. I wish it were longer. We should do 10 minutes at the beginning. And just really hunker <laughs> people down. People wouldn't. People wouldn't. No, people yeah, right. would not hang around. <laughs> people need more stillness in their life. They do. Yeah. Stillness don't sell, man. No. Do you guys meditate? I meditate. I'm a daily meditator. I've been meditating since 2006 every day. Wow. That's incredible. I've only been doing it for about two and a half years, and I struggle to maintain the daily practice. But I Gotta find get up earlier. You do. You have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and meditate right then and there. Yep. Work out, like force yourself to have, be in the routine and have the regiment. But um, spaceman, um, why don't you give me a quick overview, man? Tell me a little bit about what you're working on right now. Um, um, what projects you guys have coming up? Any shows? Um, and just anything else you want to share? Uh, spaceman Jones here, man. Um, the lyrical part of Spaceman Jones and the Motherships, we are working on a new EP uh, called Loops of Life. Um, all loop-based instrumentals. Cool. Um, kind of in that um, Griselda, Rock Marciano, kind yep, of yep. less is more um, type of vein. Um, Would you go as far as to call it lo-fi? No, no, no. It's it's definitely hip hop. Okay, yeah, it's it's straight up hip hop. But it's just like, uh, you know, instead of having like a driving break, 
under it, it's there's no break. So the drums, mm-hmm. you know, most of the drums that exist within it, which are few, is like just in the sample yeah. or yeah, yeah, it's very stripped down. Kind of like wanted to give him a platform to tell his, his stories over, you know. So sure, yeah, it's definitely um, my voice is more of an instrument um, in in uh, on this on this project. Uh, me and Cliff are working on right now. Um, so we're looking forward to having that to the folks as soon as it can come back from post. Awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think that it's, it's a very, very strong release, maybe some of our best stuff yet. Um, this will be your third EP, yeah? No, this will be our fourth. <coughs> fourth, yeah. Fourth, okay. No, this will be our fifth EP. <laughs> fifth, wow. Yeah. You guys have been hard at work, man. Yeah, this will be our oh, fifth yeah. EP. And we're working on a full length right now, yeah, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. We got most yeah. of the songs in the can for that. We just uh, kind of doing a little mopping up, making sure that we got all of the concepts that we want to hit in there. Um, I also been doing a lot of work in professional wrestling. Um, yeah. Me and my man, Mook, uh, Marcus Cunningham, Mook, the BTSG, uh, we are co-owners of Urban Combat Wrestling, uh, a promotion that is um, steeped in hip-hop and professional wrestling, and we do our shows at the Moth Light. We coming up on our fourth show um, March the 7th. It's called Rapping Wrestling 3, The Hard Way. Um, and uh, we have a lot of fun. We're going to be bringing um, a lot more recognizable wrestlers. And uh, we also have Grammy-nominated beat maker, producer out of Raleigh Drugs Beats, who was all over Kendrick Lamar's last two projects. Really cool. And uh, made a lot of beats with Dr. Dre Hill recently. Um, this guy is kind of like, one of North Carolina's brightest stars, and we're going to have him in the building with uh, one of his MCs called Precise Politics. They they dropped a EP earlier this year called Politics as Usual that was absolutely probably the best hip-hop release in North Carolina this past year. Wow. It, you know what I'm saying? And they, yeah. they put out a couple records too, so uh, these guys are great. Um so I've been really working on that really hard, the professional wrestling, um, building the promotion. And, you know, it's something I've always been into, but we still got to stay kind of solid with the music, too. Yeah. So with the wrestling promotion, you're doing promotions here in Asheville. Oh, yeah. And you're also planning on taking it on the road. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, we got a lot of places, a lot of cities around the southeast and um, that are very interested in our product. Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Washington, D.C., um, Charlotte, Atlanta, Greensboro. These are all places that have a really, and Knoxville, Tennessee, of course. Yeah. Um, these are places that have showed some real interest in getting uh, a UCW showdown, especially the rap and wrestling uh, event that we put on. It's a very exciting event. Um, it's kind of cathartic for the people. Uh, we see a lot of excitement at our shows and a lot of people like leaving with big smiles. Nice. You know, it's that's a gotta very, feel good. Very, yeah. Yeah. It feels great. And we make money. So that's, it's gotta feel even better. Oh yeah. Yeah. <coughs> cool, man. Well, Cliff, why don't you give us the rundown, man? Oh, geez. Um, well, same stuff he said with the spaceman and the mothership stuff. Um, my, my band robots, when we have yep. a new EP that we're going to drop this year, um, we're probably not going to drop it as like a whole project is going to come out as like singles and uh, videos to those. Um, we really don't have a name for it yet. Okay. You know, kind of So it was mixed and mastered by uh, Black Pearl from Charlotte, who did a bunch of the new DaBaby stuff. Um, yeah, he did a lot of He just got some Grammys. 
some oh, recognition man. and That's stuff exciting. like that. So, um, yeah, man, it's a great record too. It's like on, you know, it's really dark, but, um, I think probably our best work to date. I know that's like a thing that people say every time they like drop something, right. but you know, just as re as a realized, you know, project, I think for sure it's kind of tackles, you know, mental health and, and, uh, being on this weird rock flying yeah. through space. Cool, man. Yeah. So well, that, I'm looking forward to that. And I really enjoyed your latest release with motherhood. Thank you. On thank your you. solo project. Yep felt there was a lot of uh, mental health in the conversation there as well on that yeah. release. Yeah. I mean, you know, my way of processing all that stuff is, is via music. I'm lucky to have music as an outlet, you know, for that. So, you know, a friend told me a long time ago that um, sometimes you have to say out loud stuff that you wouldn't say in private. So yeah, kind of went with that, with that project and ran, you know, um, you know, and just, dug up a lot of stuff that I needed to get out of my mind yeah. and help me like tackle all that and move past it. So yeah, some yeah. standout tracks for me on there were definitely memories. Yeah. Uh, was that track two? It is track two. Yeah. That's a, that's definitely a banger of a track. Thanks. Listen to that one a couple times today. Sick. And then track seven with uh, Musashi zero on it. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool stuff. Really like him a lot. He's going to be on the show sometime in February. Yeah, he's dope, man. We got a um, we got a little EP that we we put one out a couple years ago, and we we have the follow up to that that's going to come out this year. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah. He's got something so unique about him. He's a great he's a great um, artist. Very captivating. Like if you see him live, for sure. You don't expect that voice, that right. big voice, to come out of him, and it's really interesting to watch. He can live. work a crowd too, man. He's like oh, a good can. showman, you know. Like yep. I think that's like half, if not more, of all this is like being able to like put yourself on blast and, and being proud of like the product that you create, it really shines through with him. You know, I think with Spaceman too, it really, you know, we get up there and get our big bullshit on. So yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for joining me today, guys. Really excited to hear about all the stuff you guys have coming up. I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, at the end of the show, I'll be rattle rattling off some links for everybody. So you could check out Spaceman yeah. and the motherships. You could check out motherhood. <clears throat> Everything, um, all the links will be in the description of the YouTube video here. Awesome. So thanks for the overview, guys. Um, I'm your host, Rob Lovati. Um, fun fact about me, I started balding when I was like 18, man. Like, bad. You look good bald, though. Yeah, it works, dude. Yeah. It's like the only look I think I could pull off. So I'm it's grateful the only look for that. you have. Yeah, it is. It's a good look. My mom Where tells me I'm handsome. You got the beard, though, bro. So that, like, yeah, that helps a lot. You know does. what I'm saying? Like, due to... Due to don't rock the full beard. You know what I mean? You, you pull it off. You look good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't look too sick. Yeah. People aren't worried about you yeah. or anything. Yeah. No, people are worried. Are they? Like, well, not, not, yeah. not about my appearance. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, so just a quick overview of what I think we're going to get into today. Who knows where the conversation may take us. But some of the questions that I have down here are related to hip hop culture. Um, both when you were growing up, what you listened to, things that got you to where you are now, as well as the current state of things. I want to talk a little bit about some of the darker side of hip hop, um, some things that I think affect a lot of people, both who are performers, rappers, and people who are listeners as well. Um, so I want to get into that a little bit and also want to talk about some of the changes in Asheville. I don't want to get too deep into that. This isn't a Nashville podcast per se, right? But um, just the fact that you guys are both from here, um, you can speak a lot to how much this city has continued to change and evolve and not in always 
positive or bright ways, right? With things like gentrification mm-hmm. and you have some classes of people getting forgotten along the way. So maybe we could pull on some of that a little bit too. But so to kick things off, um, who did you guys listen to growing up? Who were your hip hop influences when you were younger? Uh, man, I listened to a lot of ghetto boys. We listened to a lot of NWA. Yeah. Easy E, Ice Cube, DJ Quick. Um, this was the early late 80s early 90s so mm-hmm. um we listened to a ton of that man i can remember running home to watch rap city and and kid and play was real big and salt and pepper was real big you had kwame and then you had like boogie down productions uh-huh. everything that was kind of fed to us through that 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 portal of yo mtv raps yeah in rap city you know, that's where I got a lot of stuff from. And then we had, you know, I grew up right over here on Burton Street, and we had guys who was in the military who would come and bring stuff. Like, I like I can remember when I first heard DJ Quick, a guy from mil- from the military had came and was playing it in his car. And uh, it was that song, um, uh, 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 Tonight. Okay. The old DJ Quick song. And, um... I remember listening to him and I asked, is that Easy e He said, no, that's DJ Quick. It's two different, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. two different guys because they both had the L.A. type of voice and the L.A. beats. Um, I really liked DJ Quick a whole lot. I didn't know until I was grown that he was like a beast in the studio as far as like multi-instrumentalist, mad producing. He did most of the mixes on Doggy Style and The Chronic. Oh, wow. Um, so digging into him and just kind of going back to that backstory, I was really I really liked um, Southern hip hop and and West Coast hip hop a lot. I wasn't too much into the New York stuff a whole lot until I got way 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 grown. Right. Um, but yeah, I was I was into I was into to that side of hip hop a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Same for me. I had a older brother who was kind of feeding me like metal and hardcore, and then my sisters or my sister Janice specifically, she was like really giving me a bunch of hip hop stuff. So like two live crew NWA was like my early, you know, 10, 11 years yeah. old first, first, you know, listening to hip hop. And then when I, you know, got older, I was listening to like, um, mob deep, Wu Tang clan, um, Busta Rhymes, yeah. um, man, you know all that all that 90s like stuff that we came up on you know you go down these rabbit holes of like you have wu-tang and then they had all these like subgenres and subsects of wu-tang clan so like right. law of the dark man i was really in a lot of the dark man yeah. for a long time um yeah man anything from that era really like dmx uh naughty yeah. by nature yeah, you know man. yeah that 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 was my groove cool Yeah, I had an interesting relationship with hip-hop growing up because I grew up pretty heavy into metal and hardcore like from the time I was pretty young um, and actually really didn't jive with hip-hop culture. I didn't listen to a lot of hip-hop. I don't think I understood it. I don't think it was for me, really, you know? Um, And it wasn't until I got the tape, um, the Eminem show. Um, I put that on my Walkman and listened to that when I was 12 years old or whatever. Um, that's when I think I became a fan and when I started listening. I don't know what it was that was so transcendent for me about Eminem, 
but I was able to digest it and pick it up and listen to it. I probably was too young to be listening to that shit, but I think it was made exactly for you though. That's why you could, that's why you could pick up on it. He was, he was locking into your, to your weight, to your wavelength. Right. And he got it. It was kind of weird for me with him because I, I knew him from like the wake up show sway and, uh, King tech DJ revolution Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And they was putting out this sound bombing tapes and like all that stuff. And, uh, so when I heard him like start putting records out, I was like, nah, that stuff's all right. But like that stuff he did on the wake up show, the freestyles and all that, that was kind of where it was at for me. But I think he was probably a lot of people's intro to, you know, that hip hop. And maybe for some people, their only exposure to it. Sure. Like my mom, for example, she's like, oh, I love Eminem. I love Macklemore. But like she couldn't tell you anything else about hip hop. Um, it, I think it feels safe for some people, which is interesting because. Oh, yeah. Eminem lyrically is anything but safe. Right. I mean, he's got some real violent and out there shit, you know. Um, but um, that was definitely my first exposure. And then from there, got more into the popular side of hip hop, 50 Cent, and some some other people who were out at the time. Um, and then slowly made my transition into like the underground hip hop world. Sure. Um, not until I was in my 20s, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know. That, that that probably happens for a lot of people. They they their first wave is probably like Dipset or yeah. Fifty Cent or yep. Eminem, and then they can kind of go backwards from there and see you know what kind of sparked all that stuff. You know what 50? I mean? Fifty, 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 Fifty Cent, Fifty, 50 Cent, Fifty Cent. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I guess <laughs> he's this. We're we're here with a like a true hip hop and rap connoisseur. Like Dave is a like a dictionary of yeah. knowledge about hip hop and rap music. You know, I've I feel like my friend would yell at me for saying fifty. Like I definitely think it's fifty. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, I listened to a lot of southern rock and yeah. um, and metal growing up too. I was I was really in the hair bands. Really? Yeah, I, fuck, I fucking loved hair like, bands. Like, are we rap, talking like Poison? Cinderella, and Poison. Like, no shit. Yeah, okay. I, I, Guns N' Roses, I loved those guys. I skated. Hey, we're rolled with a shout out to at, to um, Adam Lunksford. You know what I'm saying? The Pokey, rest in peace, Omar, man. We skated. Robbie McGuire, we skated. Hey, we're rolled, raise hell. Nice. And listen to Anthrax and no Guns N' Roses. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was really into that for a while like between the sixth grade and ninth grade i listened to a lot of metal and and rock and my parents thought i was going crazy because i was skateboarding and <laughs> right listening to metal were they worried about you yeah yeah they were really worried <laughs> yeah what the hell you listening to this white boy what in the world what is you doing <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone you guys don't understand me yeah, yeah. they yeah. got him yeah. <laughs> um, who are some of your favorite artists right now? Who are some people that you guys are listening to, I whether hip hop or otherwise? Man, we love Griselda. Griselda, yes, yeah, so Westside Gun, Westside Gun Conway. Conway, Benny the Butcher. Love him. Yeah. I love Sauce Walker. I can listen to him all day. A lot of people uh, hate me for this next thing that I'm going to say, but Future is a genius. I don't disagree, man. I do not disagree. Wow. That's all I can say. You know, I like a lot of that stuff, but I do like the grimier stuff. You know, like I said, Griselda. I listen Planet to, Asia. Yeah, Planet Asia. like him a lot. He's put out a bunch of really great yeah, cuts in yeah, the last couple of years. I listen to I'm all over the place with, with, with hip-hop. You know, um, I don't like some of the dumber new stuff. Like, a lot of that singing stuff is not my cup of tea, but I did hear a record that I liked. Roddy Rich was, it was a great album. Yeah. And he's singing all over it, but it was really good. Um 
you know, it can be, it is what it is. You know, it's going to change and keep on changing. And I don't mind. Let the kids do what they, what they're going to do. You know, I'm over, right. I'm over 40 now, so I'm not supposed to understand the stuff that the, that the 19 and 20 year old, and that's cool with me. I'm okay yeah. with that. You know, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now, you know, if, if something catches my ear, then yeah, it's dope. If it's dope, it's dope, you know, but, um, the thing I like about Future, um, he'll go in the studio with 10 or 12 tracks that he has or hasn't heard before, and he'll just spit right there. Um, he'll come up with a flow, and he'll just drop something right there, more or less freestyle. The new Denzel Curry tape. That kid's um, nice. He was mostly freestyled on that whole tape. He had the hooks for each of the songs and then freestyled all the verses. That's the way that dude Benny is. Benny the Butcher, he he don't go into the studio with anything. No phone, no paper, no writtens. Yep. He just comes up with it all right there in the studio. Tierra Lack, you guys heard mm-hmm. her? She's great. She doesn't even, she sings um, melodies. No lyrics, though. It's just a flow. There's no actual, there are no lyrics or words to what she's Sounds like a Nagoon. She's doing like the worst version of mumble rap, but she does it so well that <laughs> I can't like, help uh, but like it. It sounds like Jewish singing. You know, they have these songs um, called Nagoons, and okay. it's just melodies, like people like moaning and humming, emoting, yeah. but no words. Okay. Kind of like exactly. Cig- Cigarose or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly what it's like. They like came up with their own language and shit. Yep. Yeah. And all her songs are like fucking two minutes long. And they end almost in the middle of the song, and you want more of it. It's good stuff. That's that new wave, right? That that my whole like uh, solo tape was nothing was over three minutes. I loved it. I could digest it really quickly, pick up which tracks I really liked. Um, I, I don't want a f- six or seven minute song anymore. Sure, I don't think most people do. Yeah, even ours are getting shorter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You guys mess around with um, any Dreamville stuff at all? Oh yeah, J Cole and J I D and Earth like, Gang. Loot is the homie. Yeah, Loot. I've known Loot for yeah. quite a while. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Cool. He used to be in a group called uh, Forever FC out of Charlotte. Nice. Um, and this dude Skylar Chase was part of that group, and we did some work together. And uh, Jimmy Kelso was also a part of that group. Um, so it's cool to see Loot get to where he's at and flourish with all that. But yeah, that whole Dreamville. That I mean, they're making great songs, great music, mm-hmm. great music videos too. To print out some good yeah. content all around. Oh, yeah, man. When you got a great budget like that, yeah, you can right. do it. Yeah, yeah and you, you know? J. Cole at the helm. Right. Just, like, taking the ship wherever, man. Yeah, man, and they're, and they're mailing him money. Yep. Like, they're sending it in on the train. Yep. Take my money. Yeah. Everyone wants to fund that project. Yeah. The documentary they made about um, their Dreamville 3. The Revenge of the Dreamers. Yeah, that's just great. Great documentary. It was fun to watch. It's a good so, record, too. I mean, it's got a yeah. bunch of really great tracks on yeah. it. Good stuff on there. Um, I like how hungry it seems like it was in that house. Like right. each of the guys had to compete to get on a track. Right. So everyone's in there writing and they're trying to come up with their best verses, you know, pretty yeah, interesting no, stuff. Great. It's cool to see people who like get in a studio with that many people and drive each other and don't just go on a bender and like forget what they're doing. Right. <laughs> how did they stay motivated? I don't know. They didn't do drugs. I doubt it. They were yeah. smoking a lot of weed. Well, yeah, that's not, that's not a drug. No. No. They were like in there sipping lean or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Falling asleep and shit. Yeah. Definitely. That's why, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of the current state of hip hop and popular music? Spaceman, I know you said you don't mess with a lot of the singing stuff, the stuff you're going to find on the radio, and I'm right there with you. I mean, but I, but 
my daughter, I have an eight-year-old, she loves it. So we put it on the pop stations and I found myself singing along with it. It's just music. Yeah. I think that music is stronger than ever because we have a um, decentralized music industry. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like these big corporations that have to sell these warehouses full of CDs and tapes. Right. You see what I'm saying? Everything is kind of delocalized and it's kind of on the internet and you can pretty much a la carte pick what you want to hear. I think that the, that, that, in the freedom and being able to put out music when you want to. Right. Whenever you want to, you can communicate with the world. I think that we're seeing the beginnings of a new way of, we're seeing the, working out the new ways of communication throughout the world uh, with the internet and with things being so instantaneous and how fast people are assimilating information. Albums, long albums are kind of dead. Nobody wants to sit through 15 or 14 songs anymore. Right. Um, things are changing very quickly, and I like the change. You know, I think that um, I think that everybody's going to be nostalgic for the time that they grew up in. Right. You know? Like uh, I'm going to want CDs. My parents well, are going to want exactly. vinyl the, records, whatever. All of the songs are 85 BPM. You right. know what I'm saying? You have a strong, masculine voice rapping about hard shit over hard beats. Right. Things change. People feel differently. I think hip-hop got kind of packed into a monolithic thing that was supposed to represent one thing, like the hard black guy from the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's a culture that's worldwide. It's the voice of every young, poor person on the planet right now is hip-hop music. Right. That's a great point. You know, so it has to be different. It's got to be multifaceted. It's got to fit the user this was made by guys who were still in power and using Radio Shack equipment in the wrong fucking way. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is this is a this is a pirate's music. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. we're taking what we have that's available to us and we're creating something on our own. This is a music that's definitely representing the under the underbelly, the downtrodden. Um. This is a music of taking what you got and making something dope and funky out of it. Yeah. And only like, and it's, it's, it's really indicative of what I don't understand about hip hop right now is that there's so much money into it that we have lost our connection with what it came out of. You see what I'm saying? This is music that was made by poor people. Right. To make people poor people have a good time. In the struggle. Yeah, and most of the lyrics that I hear now are like, you broke, I'm going to take your girl. Right. You I got money. Yeah, I got money. You probably don't, so you ain't shit. Right. You see what I'm saying? So we done really lost the season and the flavoring of what made hip-hop great, which was poor people trying to find something to do under some of the worst oppression in the nation's history. Just think about the Bronx in the 70s. It looked like Beirut. Right. It was one of the poorest places in the world. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And look what came out of it in 1975, 1576 Sedgwick Avenue. He threw a party in it. You know, I'm here because of it. I wouldn't have had a chance. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people wouldn't have had a chance to even be able to know how to express themselves without this, without this art form. And it's grown to this level. I'm just, I'm just hoping that we can kind of get back to what it came from without it being corny. I understand. Yeah. 
That makes a lot of sense. It's to starting me. to. I think that it's starting to turn that corner, though. You know what I mean? You, with all these acts that are coming out of New York, not even just New York, but California. I mean, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, there's a bunch of lyrical MCs. I think like the you're watching like the rebirth of like the lyrical MC. Yeah. Well, what I was saying was not even the lyrics, it's just the feeling of community and coming together and everybody having a good time. True. Um, I think that the competition part of it has kind of taken over the party part when right. they used to be kind of neck and neck. Um, and I wanted to be a little bit safer. Right. You know, I want, I want hip hop to be safer. I want hip hop to be a place where you don't have to be the most... Um, tough together super masculine never make a mistake perfect person you know you got a lot of hip-hop guys that want to be the street jesus right. they don't have no flaws ain't nothing they ain't never made a mistake all of this you're the king you have the yeah, crown all of this bullshit that they're yeah. selling us which is not even half of most of it's not even true they're getting their money from corporations and they went to college just just be honest you know what i'm saying yeah like two chains well yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> Two chains is dope though. Don't get me wrong. No, I not don't get me wrong. That. And I don't know what he did in the streets or anything like that. But I know he's well educated and he's a smart dude, um, and he knows how to make music that people are gonna listen to. And he knows how to make money. Yeah, he sure does. He's a businessman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and to your point, spaceman, like something that really gets under my skin is when people devalue hip hop as an art. Um, people like my dad's generation who is just like, it's just people talking over a beat. <clears throat> There's no lyrical or melodic value to it. No, this is not music. Um, do, do you see that starting to dissipate a bit? I mean, hip hop is one of the most popular genres of music. Hip hop is the, the world. It's the number one popular genre in the world. Yeah. It overtook rock and roll. Um, those people are dying. Yeah. Let's just put it, let's just get it straight and plain. Those people are that feel that way overwhelmingly are dying. Um every every song that you hear on the radio is a hip hop track. Yeah. Just I'm ninety five percent even the country radio. Oh yeah. That's what I was about to say. Country music yeah. now might as well be hip hop music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's got the eight oh eight. It's, it's got, got the trap hats. It's got the trap hats. I think Lil Nas X for that, but... I don't even know. It was before that. It was before yeah. that. It was before that. You get groups of producers that move around. The sound moves around to different cities. Mm -hmm. Atlanta got the sound now, and Nashville is producing that sound. You see what I'm saying? So right. you got country radio, you got pop radio. Everybody sounds like hip-hop. Even the Korean kids, it sounds like hip-hop. Right. Um, Which is, you know, it's all well and good, but... What are we doing that's carrying the message of hip-hop of, you know, we had principles in hip-hop at one point in time. I didn't KRS one teach a whole course about what hip-hop was meant? And everybody right. was like, yes, this is what it is. But now it's like, KRS one fuck that guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the sentiment. I don't right. understand what the what mix up and the change and who's responsible. Maybe I was asleep. I think I was... You missed the memo. I missed the memo. What happened? When did it? When did it stop being about uplifting and started being about these other things? But I think that it was a difference. Like back in the day when you had NWA, Easy, um, 
uh, Ghetto Boys, you can listen to their music. They was talking about gangster shit, but it was all, it didn't seem so sensationalized. It seemed like maybe people just kind of telling what it was. Right. Um, and they also had a lot of thinking men's records. You see what I'm saying? Records that will make you think about things that's going on in the world. It wasn't just all, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, it was a little bit of redeeming quality to the music. And they would tell you all the way through the record what it was about. You know, we sh this is the, this is, especially N.W.A., look at the power of street knowledge. Right. He's telling you through the whole record what this is about. We don't get that. It's no redeeming qualities almost in the music anymore. These guys are not. They, a lot of them, well, most of them that I don't really listen to when I listen to the song and it's no redeeming qualities. Um. Then I don't what what use do I got for it? I don't care if the beat nice, you know. Right. I don't want to keep on putting garbage inside of my head. But the ones who are actually talking about something, one and one of the guys who I really praise for that is Sauce Walker. If okay. y'all ever listen to Sauce, man, Sauce always dropping the jewel, always, and that's what I think hip hop is for because it's the only communication that we have amongst each other, especially being poor minorities specifically black people there's no mm -hmm. other way that we have of spreading the message of what we are going through that's more effective than rap music it used to be the church but the church being compromised a long time ago right it's not putting out the positive messages the self-empowerment messages it's putting out the message of listen to this guy and give him your money he gonna show you how to live after you die sure you see what i'm saying bogus uh but hip-hop is able to communicate you know, in an effective way. You see how effective it is. A hit song hit, everybody's listening to it, doing it, changing the, the people, change how you dress, everything. So we can start injecting into it. And I think that's what Spaceman Jones and the Motherships do. We really try to inject something of value other than just some ass shaking and some titillation for a minute. Yeah. You know? And I think you do a great job of that. Um, I'm always impressed lyrically by the stuff you put together, Spaceman, and the stuff, Cliff, that you put together um, instrumentally is always impressive as well. And I like that you're up there um, and you're mixing it all live. You're running through, you're dropping the samples. Um, it just feels a lot more authentic and connected of a performance. Um, so I really appreciate the stuff that you guys put out there, and I think it's very different than what you're going to hear out there in the mainstream, which is definitely a compliment. Thank you. One of the things that has been glorified, really, in hip-hop culture, as far as I'm concerned, are things like, in some ways, drug use and violence, even in some ways. And you have the loss of a lot of great people. You have Mac Miller, Lil Peep, Juice World, um, Tentacion was murdered last year um so you have the loss of some pretty talented people with with promise and potential um in a world that is talking about using drugs and hurting people well i think a lot of those kids are starting to realize that shit now you know what i mean like if you look at you know with i think most recently with juice world dying i think that kind of shook a lot of those people in that world, you know what I mean? That hey, maybe it's time to stop doing some of this shit. Maybe yeah. it's time to start being a little more real. You know what I mean? Because you can only live so long without consequence, especially when you're living that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 
consumption like that is there's one way out two ways out maybe but you know what i mean usually it's death yeah yeah um i see it that way but i also see um what's happening with hip-hop artists kind of dying um it's the same thing that's happening to people on the streets you know what i'm saying like nipsey hustle um yeah uh you had mentioned um xxx tentacion um especially in the murders it's happening every day yeah to people who are not famous you know um in situations like that you know what i'm saying you got to look at the si each individual situation uh juice world as well as well was a tragic was a tragic thing but i don't think that if he wouldn't have got told on by the pilot i don't think he would have took all them pills right you see what i'm saying yeah that's a good so point. so so it's a it's it's a it's a thin line and i also think that just the drug culture in the united states is it's as american as apple pie I'm we, sitting here drinking a coffee. Yeah, yeah. We like, wake up in the morning. We drink coffee. You know what I'm saying? Uh, cigarettes are still like a major. It's like very acceptable still. Yeah. Alcohol and Prince Valium was the most prescribed drug for what 17, 18 years in a row. Was Valium the most prescribed drug in a whole in the whole America? Um, it's a it, drugs are American way, man. And, yeah. you know, when people who got money and access to them, they're going to die at a higher rate than regular people that don't have money and access to them. Yeah. Um, I think that it's indicative of the sick nature of, like, what we're living in in this country, man. We, we this, the, the capitalist, it's all made to make you feel like you ain't enough unless you go out and buy something from somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we're dealing with that, with that blow to our self-esteem every single day. You know what I'm saying? Every time we look at an ad, it's pulling something inside of us subconsciously. They done studied this shit for years, mm -hmm. and they are great at it. Yeah. And they know how to make you buy. And we're living under constant mental assault all the time from this stuff. And so people going to, you know, sensitive people are going to do something to deaden that. And usually it's illicit drugs. Right. You know? Some right. people use sex. Some people use relationships and whatever it is to feel like they in control. You know, because we're being pulled every second of every day to buy something or to like this or to dislike that or to, you know, so it's hard to know your own mind. Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these kids are dying out of finally getting something in their life. But a lot of these kids are poor. A lot of these kids didn't have nothing before they got any fame. You know, so they go, they jump into the machine and it's off to the races because ain't nobody telling them no. Right. You nobody know? helping them out, nobody's, trying to steer nobody's, them the right way. No, nah, nobody's helping them out. They're actually preying on their mental health problems to make sure they stay in the bag and in the pocket so they can make it to the next show. I can control them then. Right. That's some heavy stuff, man. That's a heavy, heavy, you brought up a heavy subject. I did. I did. That's what I'm looking to do, get to the root of it. Yeah, man. I think um, that we're just living in a sick country, and we've been living in a way that's not natural to yeah. human beings. And and you're going to want you're gonna want some relief from that. Man, we are under assault 24-7 by somebody trying to take our attention and, you know, squeeze a little money out of us. Yeah, and we're all addicted to something. I mean... If there's anybody out there who thinks they're not an addict in some way, I would I would challenge that. Sure. 
Um, you can become addicted to just about anything. Facebook, using your phone, getting likes on Instagram, and the dopamine that that gives you when you get that little notification or whatever. Um, we're all dealing with something like that. And unfortunately for some people, it's with stuff that you don't always bounce back from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, and this is me getting maybe a little bit too far out there. I think it's too many people on the planet and the earth is real wise. I'm right there with you, man. So, you know, probably, you know, if you're not taking care and responsible for yourself, if you don't love your life, then guess what? You might lose it. Yeah. It's the unfortunate truth. Yeah, it's the reality for some people. Um, but I'm right there with you that there are too many people in this world. Yeah, and it's it's there's no like it's too many people on the earth, right? So the biological imperative to reproduce is kind of lessening, right? And the biological imperative to off yourself is growing mm-hmm. because there's too many people here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So suicides going up, accidents going up, drug overdoses crazy murders like wild stuff you see what i'm saying it's just too many people on the earth i think and that's just my i don't have any proof for that but that's what i think is happening mother earth is kind of you know you ever seen a dog get up and scratch and fleas off Shake of them fleas Shake off. Them fleas off yeah, yeah that's yeah. what's happening right now <laughs> i agree I, I would agree it will exist yeah oh yeah oh yeah mother earth ain't going nowhere yeah yeah Awkward cut. Awkward cut. Awkward. In churches, there's a little pamphlet called the Daily Bread, and I think that church and religion is one of the worst, the worst, mm-hmm. like real bad. It, it sets up psychological triggers that you never recover from. Yeah, it takes you completely out of being a real person. I know some some people who grew up in a really strict Southern Baptist household, and I know that was absolutely their experience. That was one of them. Yeah, that was absolutely their experience, and it drove them away from religion and spirituality. Just being in such a strict, um, intense. Well, and then just think like you're six and seven years old, and you're worrying about spending an eternity in hell. I used to like I was like in the first grade, terrified. Yeah, yeah, man, scary stuff. And they beat that shit into you. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother ruled by the switch, bro. Like you didn't. She'll she'll put the fear of God in you. You feel me? Like so, yeah. Coming up in the Southern Baptist house was yeah, it was terrifying. It was pretty rough, and not just not only that, man, but you get a lot. It's a lot of different layers to that. You know, sexual repression and not being able to speak out and speak your mind against authority, just right. a lot of things that don't allow you to be a hundred percent full human, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic and sometimes terrible thing. A full human. A lot of people can't handle that. Right. So switching gears a little bit, Cliff, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your time in Secret Lives of the Freemasons. Sure. Um, I've been a fan for like 15 years at this point, if not longer. Saw you a couple times up in New Jersey back in like 05, 06, somewhere around there. Um, I was in a band at the time up there called Love You Made the Butcher, mm-hmm. um, local New Jersey band. Shout out to you guys if you're watching or listening. Um <coughs> 
told them that I was going to be on with you today, and they were pretty excited. Nice. So there are a couple songs that come to mind when I think of you guys, um, especially the first time that I saw you there at the Galaxy Cafe. Two songs that stand out are It Only Took a Whisper mm-hmm. and um, This Was Built to Make You Dance yeah. or The Dance Dance Revolution. I definitely moshed when I was like 14 <laughs> years old to Dance Dance Revolution. But yeah. Like, for It Only Took a Whisper, can you give me any insight into, well, number one, did you write the song? Did you write the lyrics to that song? Uh, myself and one other person in the band did, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was a kid, Yeah. you know, when that stuff was happening. I was also like heavily under the influence mm-hmm. of drugs and alcohol. So when people ask me questions about that time in my life, man, it's like people would expect it to be like my proudest moment. You know what I'm saying? Because it was successful and we traveled for quite a while doing it, but it's not, you know what I mean? It wasn't my proudest moment. And simply because I was, I was out of control. You know Mm. what I mean? I had no one to keep raps on me. You know, we, we certainly weren't doing it for each other on the road um, or in our personal lives. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, honestly, it's like a time that existed in my life, Yeah, almost like a dream, if you will, you know? Yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. It does, yeah. I mean, I've probably lived three lives since then, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was, it was, I, it, it means something to people, I guess. And that's, I guess, you know, that's why it's still important to me because people connected with it and they liked it. I may not be super proud of like, you know, who I was or, or maybe the lyrical content at that time I was, Mm -hmm. you know, that first record came out at the tail end of a terrible breakup for me. So I had a lot of issues with, um, with relationships and I had a lot of issues with, um, you know, the opposite sex at the time Mm -hmm. for some reason. Um, when probably a lot of that was like my, me being toxic, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was, it was, cool i guess like yeah. like i said i don't i was a blur it was all a, a blur yeah yeah man no thanks for putting <laughs> that into perspective for me yeah yeah and i like, mean a lot of people didn't you know they don't really know the how deep stuff like that goes with people who produce music that they connected with you know what i'm saying sure. so it's cool for me to have a platform now to talk about some of that stuff you know what i mean um but yeah it was uh it was cool it was a lot of heartache it was a lot of like um abusing my mental state abusing my body yeah um yeah being uh wildly out of control when it comes to you know my my substance abuse yeah yeah so i think it's it's a world where it's easy for that to get out of control oh sure yeah Um, well they pump it down your throat you know promoters want to fill you full alcohol so they can fuck you at the end of the night you know what i'm saying so um I mean, there were shows where I just like, I was like falling off the stage. I was so fucked up. You know what I mean? So, um, but, but, you know, and then there's the other side of it, the music industry side of it, which is also very terrible. And, and, uh, it wasn't the most fun I've ever had dealing with suits and lawyers and yeah, people who want to take advantage of you and squeeze you. They want you to suffer so you can keep creating while they're like flourishing and paying their, their rent and their mortgage, their car note, you know? Yeah, we had, we would sometimes come home and I really would be kind of worried about where I was going to be because I had no money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. yeah, people I think it's easy for people to like glamorize that lifestyle. But when you're in that lifestyle, it sucks. It sucks. Mm. Yeah, it was really hard for me. Um, 
but you know, I'm glad to be here for sure. I'm glad. To, and that's really what ended that band was me becoming sober. Um, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't yeah. be on the road. And, and the second record that we wrote, which was my favorite record, um, weekend warriors, mm-hmm. that first record was hard for me, man, because it was just, it tackled a lot of, um, a lot of just bad parts of my life. You know what I mean? So when you sing those songs every night, you're like, oh, oh my God, I just want to get over this shit. And I right. can't because I've like put it here on the table. You know, it's it, like we were talking earlier that in some situations that can be great. In some situations, you know, putting your mental um, problems on the table and dealing with them is fine. But, you know, when you're doing it, on a, for me anyway, when I listen to that first record, I hate it. I really hate that. I sound like a prick. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I think so anyway. That's interesting. So, man. you know, on the second record, yeah. that, that we kind of strayed away. I strayed away from that because I was I actually wasn't in that situation anymore. Mm-hmm. I had grown up a little bit. I was able to uh, focus on, we just wanted to focus on making good music. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, it's really that first record that resonates with me, though. It does for a lot of, of people. Of the two. And when I saw you first in 2005, you guys had three guitar players in the band, right? Right. And I liked it so much that we went back and we added a third guitar player. Guitar player, man, that's badass. Like, that's, we gotta do I it. think we had one because we didn't really know how to not have our friend in the band. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it just kind of was. We were a unit, so that's what it became. We, yep. Instead of like only having two guitar players, when you know that band formed from the downfall of two other bands. Okay. Um. So we chose the members that we wanted to be in that new band, Secret Lives, and then. Uh, kind of ran with it so it was like one of those things where like oh, we love him so he has to be in the band you know yeah. what i mean so that's how we made it all work out um but yeah i mean it was uh it was an interesting time in my life i i'm appreciative of it because it allowed me to be who i am you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but you know at the same time as this you know a lot of that time in my life was kind of painful you know sure i could totally understand that well thanks for sharing it with me here today <laughs> man it's good to be able to kind of put the pieces together on what that was like for you. Um, because I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, look back on that with uh, a lot of envy for what you were able to do in a sure. short period of time. Sure. So I think it's being able to separate who maybe you were as a person at the time and what you were able to accomplish, which I think are two different things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we did, and we had a lot of success. To warp. We needed to play in the Warp Tour. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, meeting a lot of your like peers that you never thought you would and like becoming friends with those people you yeah. know what i mean is like pretty cool yeah um so there and i do still have a lot of relationships from that time in my life that i really am super proud of and happy for um i still am connected with a lot of people that we you know interacted with on the road so cool. Yeah, that's a good thing is I have all of these nice relationships still. I'm almost 40 years old. I'll be 40 this year. Um, When, you know, we wrote that first record, I was like 22, 23 years old. You know what I mean? Like I was still learning a lot about myself in life, you know? Sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for sharing. Cool. Good stuff. Um, So... You guys are both from the Asheville area. You grew up here, spent most of your lives here, I'm guessing. Um, what has it been like to see it continue to change and evolve and grow and um, in a lot of good ways, but maybe not always, right? Not always, but I'm I'm not your, I'm not the average Ashevillian that hates the tourists. Mm-hmm. I'm in the tourist tourism industry, you know what I'm saying, like my day job is still doing food tours and I and I'm gonna tell you man growing up in West Asheville 
there was no opportunities for me as a young man. Mm-hmm. It's either sell some dope or leave, go to the to the military or you know something something of that nature. Now, man, you can man you can mess around and, and make up something right here on Hayward Road and make money, make a living. It's a lot more opportunity for me. I choose not to look at, oh, the traffic's bad and everything's cost more. I look at it kind of like it's a lot more opportunities right. than it was when I was a kid, and I'm I'm so happy to see that, even though a lot of times black folks are kind of excluded, even though, you know, we have to work three times as hard to get, I, you know. I wouldn't say kind of excluded, but. Yeah, so, all the way excluded. Yeah. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Um I and and this is this is crazy. I'm seen as one of the black men in in Asheville that has a lot of access to infrastructure to um being able to get, you know, rent buildings and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. um and I'm seen as one of the one of the people with the most access out of, you know, my community and I still don't have any access at all. Right. You know, um, but we able to make a way, you know what I'm saying? Because there's so much money up here and there's so many things that's popping off. Like it's so much opportunity. You can get in where you fit in. If you look at, if you're not looking to be like, oh, it's they're gentrifying me out of my place. If you don't have that attitude and you got the attitude of, oh, well, Johnny and them just bought a couple houses over here and they rent them out. Why? You know, what's the difference between me going and doing, but it's just a lot. You got to put in a lot more air, leg work and you have to be a lot more perfect if you're a black guy. Let's just put it like that. It's not impossible. Right. You know what I'm saying? It just takes a level of discipline and a level of having your shit together that a lot of folks just don't have the time to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I do see the bad parts. You know, shit costs too much, man. I pay 1700 bucks for my mortgage. That's... That's a stiff load, you know what that's I'm saying? Out there, man. And that's every month, you know. But we just was renting a place that was fifteen hundred dollars. So I said, Well shoot, I might as well pay a couple more hundred and own the place. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't like that when I was growing up. Rents in West Asheville were like three hundred, right. four hundred, five or six hundred for something super nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not that way anymore. Um, I see some of the some of the I see I, I see every bad thing is yeah just too much traffic. You know, you got people who uh especially downtown you got to deal with a lot of people who have no respect for you at all. Anyone? For anybody except <laughs> yeah. for them having their vacation and having a, you know, I a think good a lot time. of those people too are like you know, upper middle class white people and they yeah. they spend a lot of time in corporate situations, corporate restaurants corporate you know what i mean they shop at a lot of corporate places so they don't really know what it's like to go to a place that's maybe not as corporate though Asheville's becoming more corporate you know what i mean they're not used to being at a place that's not as corporate as they're used to so they expect right. you know what they want they want it now you know give it to them or fuck you you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i'm downtown four days a week man it's it's a it's kind of hard sometimes i had to get out of downtown brother. yeah it's hard it's hard to be down there I agree. it is really hard yeah because yeah, and then you have years. like an alcohol-based tourism so yeah. these people they're drinking fucking bud ice or some shit and they come to Asheville. they have five six ipas they don't know how to act yeah. you know what i'm saying so you know it, there was a funny scenario recently where i had this lady you know, trying to give her directions. And she was like, well, where's it at? And I'm like, well, it's down Cox Avenue. You just got to go past the bus station. It's down that way. She's like, well, I can't walk past the bus station. I can't, I can't do that. And I'm like, 
why can't you walk past the bus station? And she was like, she wouldn't answer me. You know what I'm saying? Because she saw that I was like questioning her on it. Mm. And then as I'm saying this, there's a, a group of like white frat bros walking by who are just unruly out of their minds. I'm like, you're, you should be more worried about that than you should ever be worried about walking by the bus yeah. station. Yeah. Those right? are the guys who yeah. make, those are the guys. I call them chads. Yep. And they'll beat the shit out of you and they'll get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll you know beat you up. They, they got lawyers. They got daddy money. Yep. They're good. You know? So that's to me, that's like the worst part of it. Cause Asheville, and I, I can't speak for this on everyone, but at some point I feel like Asheville kind of existed for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not really the no, case anymore. No, no. It's definitely for them, but you can definitely make a living off of them. True. You can. I mean, you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's you a hard to, living. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a hard living <laughs> dealing with them. It's a hard living. It's a hard living dealing with them. But a lot of times, man, if you take, like, if I take my personal opinions out of the situation and just go and do my job then you know i can find it enjoyable but if i'm sitting here like hating on this person you know right. what i'm saying while i'm trying to serve him it's just not gonna it's just not gonna work uh-huh now that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah it's uh it can be taxing mentally for sure yeah i don't when i if i'm not down if not working i'm not down there i don't really go down there i'll go down there every now and then like this time of the year yeah to go out but even now man um, it's like but yeah, it's still holiday still weekend was crazy. Oh yeah, it was, it was nuts. nuts. It was definitely yeah. nuts. And it's good. I mean, well, mostly it's good for the government because of the tax revenue that they're making off of it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And you're watching a lot of places are already getting bought up by the bank. So it's like you're watching corporations open and stuff like that. They're shrouded in local, but they're corporations. You know what I mean? So right, it's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to see that that happen to a town that you know was you know. Downtown was nothing back in the mid nineties. They throw all through the eighties. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. like it was it was the place that blacks hung out at. Mm -hmm. You didn't go downtown. The white folks didn't go downtown because it was the block, and that's where the blacks hung at. Lexington Avenue used to be the most dangerous street in Asheville. Boy, them rednecks down there would stab you up. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty treacherous, man. We was down, you know, single mother of five, so we we were there. I was like gone, you know. Um, but yeah, we we had a lot of run-ins. We were just skateboarder punk yeah. kids, you know what I mean. So you had Lakeston a bunch Avenue of was, was Nazi skinheads crusty. down there. Sure, it was it was pretty wild. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I you know, I don't know. It's it's a lot different now. You still got grimy parts in the city, but it's a lot more sanitized. Like I've never seen so many unmolested white folks walking up and down Hayward Road in my life. Yeah, like this used to be the this used like Hayward Road used to be the track. If y'all if y'all know what that is. It was the place where the prostitutes used to walk. Mm -hmm. They they chased them down. They chased them off from Lexington, and they came straight to Hayward Road. And Hayward Road was what like, are you talking like the nineties? No, like two thousand two. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh five. It was still crazy. Like oh five. It was still people doing U turns on Hayward Road, flagging down crackheads. And wow. It was an open air drug market. You might as well say. Sure. The whole street, yeah, from up there at Mason's Muffler all the way to Patton Avenue, mm -hmm. and all of the side streets, it was like cracked out. Damn. Yeah. Now it's like what they call it, walkable West Asheville. Walkable West Asheville. <laughs> walkable West. Yeah, just stay on Hayward Road. Don't go to the left or to the right <laughs> at all. It can get real hairy real fast. Yeah. A couple blocks off Haywood, it's like it's late night. Yeah. Yeah, you could get it. Yeah, okay. you definitely can get it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, 
I think we have time to go into maybe one more topic, and then I would like for you guys to maybe share another tune, if you're up for that. Um, something I've dealt with quite a bit in my own life for pretty much all of it, depression, anxiety, things that have been going on my whole life, and I've been getting a lot of help for lately, and I think I'm doing a lot better. Um, but there, I've realized there are some places in my life where you're not given the space to be able to be those things. If you're at work, you can't be depressed. You got a job to do. Come to work, do your job, save your depression for when you're home. <laughs> um, and I wonder about the place in hip hop for things like depression and anxiety and feeling suicidal. It's been them, them young boys been saying that for the past four or five years. They've been crying out about how sad they are. Mm -hmm. Men are sad in America because we can't tell nobody that we sad and get some sympathy and get some heart especially black men, mm -hmm. these boys is crying out from their souls. That's why they had to go from rapping to singing because they was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. They couldn't verbalize it with just bars. They had to sing it out. Mental health has been neglected for American men for probably the past, since it's been American men. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot of time in prison. 11 years all told, went four times. Not something that I'm proud of, but it's something something that happened. And mm -hmm. I did three years of therapy right at the end of all of that. And the therapeutic setting where you are able to work on and attack these little um, frozen emotions that you got underneath the surface of your psyche from yeah. shit that happened to you when you was a kid. You couldn't handle it, so your psyche protected you and froze it and stuffed it way down. But it's still reverberating and sending off like little shockwaves. You don't even know why the hell this shit is triggering you mm -hmm. until you can get down into that. And that takes a lot of meditation and talking and writing things down and doing specific exercises to kind of uncover some of that frozen emotional state that's up under your psyche that's still causing you fucking problems to this day. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And you got to sit with somebody who's skilled and who can lead you into discovering it for yourself, man. I wrote notebooks trying to get out of this situation of being too fucking angry and um, having the wrong type of ideas about pride and yeah. respect you know what I'm saying everything was out of whack and it helped me a lot but now the pressures of being at home I've been home almost eight years next month will be eight years and now I got to go back to therapy again because I can find myself right back in I find myself right back into that toxic anger sure you know what I'm saying um even though I might be it might be a righteous anger it's still you know I'm not I haven't been able to um Let's put it like this. I haven't been able to. Sometimes you got to hit a fly swatter with a, a, a fly with a fly swatter. I haven't been doing that lately. I've been hitting flies with sledgehammers and shotguns. It will um, still get them, but it might. No, it's going to kill everybody else. It's it. going to. Yeah. And I've been burning a lot of bridges because it's like. I've been on my path. And if I see something about somebody that I don't like, I confront them in a very fiery. You know, it's just it's it's. All based on me being afraid of losing what I've been working for. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I got to find a way to get back into not being afraid of losing what I'm working for because I'm solid in myself and my work has been solid. And even if it does fall down, that don't mean that everything else, you know, I've been putting too much into it and not putting it inside of here. 
You know, mm-hmm. you got to really be conscious about building yourself up with things that can't be taken away. That's right. You know, it's not about things, putting out records and things. It's about getting a new car. That things. Mm-hmm. It's not really about that or even the love from your girlfriend, which is a thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We put so much into that that we don't build up the stuff on the inside that makes us feel good. I feel good when I can stick to my integrity and do yeah. the things that I say I'm going to do. I can. I feel good when I'm able to take care of myself, get up, make my bed up, pick my clothes up off the floor. When I can do that type of stuff, I feel good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you, It's just the simple things. We all been taught since we was a little in kindergarten. That's one of my favorite books. All the things I needed to know, I learned in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That should be the Bible. Because it's just all about respect and taking care of yourself. Because if you, and something else that I've learned from my mental health is that I try to pour from an empty cup a lot. Yeah. Because I'm one of these, I'm going to grind and grind and grind and grind. And, you know, I'm one of these guys, hard work ethic. Sure. But it's not always conducive because you can work yourself into where you're not able to work and you damage all of the work that you've done. That's right. You know, so for me, it's like I have to have some time by myself. I have to meditate. I got to take care of things when they come up. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, have my THC on the regular. Yep. You know, I'm trying to work towards where I don't need it. But living in this crazy world where you bombarded all the time, you got to have something to soften the blow. Sure. Because it's too much, too many waves going into our brain, too much information. You know, we got to haze it out sometimes. And my way of doing that is by smoking a fat one. Yep. Yeah. And I know that works for a lot of people. Um, I just still can't believe it's not legal. That's stupid. <laughs> and especially in North Carolina, it's going to take quite some time. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll be like the holdout state. You <laughs> well, know? that's because tobacco's mad. They're mad. Oh, yeah. And They'll not they make a dollar be- here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Once they can profit, you know that um, you know that they'll switch things up for sure. Well, yeah, you'll see like you'll see those like Marlboro greens. Marlboro greens. Yeah, 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 you'll see all that stuff come into fruition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Something that's been really helpful for me. I've talked about it a little bit. Um, Want to make sure to give a shout out today. Um, I've been using CBD quite a bit. Um, stuff that is a hundred percent isolate, so it doesn't have any of the THC component in it. It's all CBD. Um, Riverbend CBD, they are sponsor for this episode today. You can see their lovely, um, banner right there behind Spaceman. Um, and they're going to be our sponsor moving forward. Really excited about that because it's a product that I use every day. Um, I use their oils and I also smoke their flower as well. Um, and this is a product that has helped a lot with my anxiety. It's helped a lot with my sleep. Um, it's something that doesn't show up on a drug test because there's no THC in it. So it's great for people who have jobs where they get drug tested. Um, and it's kind of been like weed light, diet weed. It's like, I don't get high anymore. I get low. I said low. that today to my mom. <laughs> I get low. Really? Yeah. yeah it's like diet I mean, my weed. mom loves it and I smoke it too. I smoke the flowers for sure. And then yeah, I, I like to mix it. Sometimes it. Yeah. and I get mad and I have to go. Smoke the real stuff. Yeah. yeah, I totally feel you. But it's it, not weed. A lot of people around me, it helps a lot. My wife uses the oil regularly, and she yeah. loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. yeah, my girlfriend uses the oil pretty regularly. She It helps yeah. her. It's great for people, I think, especially who have chronic pain. 
Yeah. Like I think of my mom, she has rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and she takes it and helps a lot with swelling yeah. and just different things that go on in the body. So, well, if we look, you know, outside of the recreational use of marijuana and hemp, you know what I mean? You look at like the medical side of it mm-hmm. all is the most important side of it. Sure. You know, Absolutely. What it can do for the human body. Yeah. And there's so. a lot that has been more or less proven. Oh, yeah. Well, they've, you know, and we, a lot of that information gets suppressed, you know, yeah, pharma, you know, stuff sure. like that. One of the more interesting studies I've read recently is about um, CBD and its effects on the brain, um, specifically things like inflammation of the brain. Um, and they think more and more that depression could be a consequence of inflammation of the brain. So there are some pretty promising studies there that CBD might be effective for managing depression, um, among other physical conditions. So um, definitely something that I use. It's still expensive. Um, I'm surprised how expensive CBD still is. But over time, I think that price will come down. Um, but um, <clears throat> if you go to Riverbend's website, which is just www.riverbendcbd.com, or you could check them out on Instagram at riverbendcbd, um, you can get 15% off on your order, which is pretty awesome um, because, like I said, um, they have some pretty high-quality products, and they definitely come uh, with a price tag like any CBD product. But go check them out. They have oils. They have... Um, different concentrates, things you can dab. I mean, like all types of shit. So again, it's Riverbend CBD. Check them out. Um, big shout out to them and also big shout out to AV Live for putting on the production today um, in Asheville Place Studio for hosting us today as always. Um, so is there a tune that comes to mind that you guys want to share? Anything with... Kind of the thought of the last couple conversations in mind here, thinking about mental health, thinking about addiction, thinking about, I don't know, is there anything that comes to mind that you guys want to share? Um, we have a song called Money Phone. It's about getting your worth. And I think that helps with mental health if you get Sweet. paid what you're worth. That yeah. sounds good. I give it two thumbs up. <laughs> there you go, Spaceman Jones, two thumbs up. If you in my line, just know this my money phone. If you in my line, you better be on some money talk. Some money talk. If you in my line, just know this my money phone. New phone, who this state your biz? Every second count when you get it, how you live. Gotta feed kids, pay bills. Summertime running thin. Some folk can have you out here on the limb. They barking up the wrong tree. I'm rooted too deep. I ain't fucking with them. I leave them jokers in the streets. I put my card on the table. Bitch, read them and weep. I built other niggas' dreams while they rock me to sleep. New days, now I charge them to speak. My energy is precious for my presence. I'ma need my feet. What you thought you get this art out my heart? Grab teeth. I'm trying to tell out tours, t shirts, and CDs. I put my life in it. So it's prices to me. I capitalize, cause capital the only way to be free. Even God charging niggas ain't no charity beat. What you think is any different from me? Yeah. If you hit my line, you better be on some money talk. Some money talk, player. If you hit my line, just know this my money phone. 
my money phone man. If you hit my line, hit my line You better be on some money talk Some money talk player If you hit my line Just know this my money phone Asking for what's due They say you're brand new Lately I've been trying to eat the love from these fools And it's cool but I ain't even got food yet You can't buy a cookout tray with the applause from a good set And niggas say that But they don't show up Especially when it come to coughing dough up Niggas get flaking like a biscuit, boy, hold up yeah. Chunks of meat off in my gravy If you want some work, little homie, you gon' have to pay me Cause free is a four-letter word Don't offend with that language, you will be left on the curb Word to the herb that I paid for My word righteous every time they wanna encore Catch a wave with us, you will understand more This is top shelf excellence, of course it will demand more Oh, I get it, you accustomed to the corner store If you hit my line, line. You better be on some money talk Some money talk, player If you hit my line, hit my line. just know this my money phone My money phone, pimp If you hit my line, hit my line. you better be on some money talk Some money talk, player If you hit my line, hit my line. just know this my money phone Now this my money phone, now this my money phone, now this my money phone that is my money phone. That is my money phone. That is my money phone. My motherfucking money phone. That is my money phone. That is my money phone. That is my money phone. My motherfucking money phone. That is my money phone. That is my money phone. That is my money phone. My motherfucking money phone. Spaceman and the mothership. Yeah. Spaceman Jones and the motherships. Money phone. Thanks for sharing, guys. Check them out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Everywhere, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, Spaceman Jones, and the Motherships. Also, be sure to check out Robots Win. That's R-B-T-S Win. Um, Check out Motherhood, which is Cliff's solo project. Really good stuff. Um, Your EP is up on Bandcamp. Is that right? It's actually on all the platforms now. It's on all the platforms. Yeah, it's called In My Feelings. In My Feelings. Um, It's good stuff. If you just search Motherhood In My Feelings, it'll pull it right up for you. Cool. Yeah, man. You can check, get all of the... Everything on uh, Spaceman Jones at Instagram, Spaceman underscore Jones. I also put out a record, a solo record earlier this year called Southern Exposure. I produced all the beats on there except for two that Cliff produced. Cool. We also got Urban Combat Wrestling, man, coming to the Moth Light March 7th. Check it out. For Rapping Wrestling 3. Y'all don't want to miss this event, man. The people be spilling. They be having to tell the people, man, you can't come in yet. You got to wait till somebody leave. It be that packed. Yeah. Oh, and it's like a real wrestling show. Yeah, it's like a real, The yeah. crowd becomes part of it all, man. It's dope. Yeah, man. We have a great time. March 7th. Uh, February at 13th at the Moth yeah. Light. Yep. We got some little. February 13th. Yeah, 13th. Yeah, February cool. 13th at the Moth Light. We got a little, uh, <coughs> you know, pre-Valentine's Day. That's right. Valentine's Day jam with Spaceman. For, for the lovers. I'm going to be doing a motherhood set. Boy and cool. Sleep from Robots Win, Musashi Zero. Way cool. Um, Mad Mike from uh, Natural Born Leaders. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be All in the house. Homies. Yeah, nice. SK gonna be in the house? I don't think so. Oh no. Oh SK. yeah, he's living in Raleigh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna be getting him on here soon, he and Musashi's gonna be on here. So we're gonna be doing a little bit of a hip hop series here coming up. Um, so appreciate you guys coming on again today. Thank I'll you. see you guys on the thirteenth. Oh yeah. I will see you at um your wrestling event at the moth light march 7th march 7th february 13th check out spaceman jones and the motherships um until next time don't forget to breathe i'm your host rob lavati that was good we didn't even time that that was really nice breathing room breathing room baby